welcome everybody to the Just Riding About podcast. My name's Enzo, and as ever, I'm joined by my good pal on the Isle of Wight, Bob. Bob, how are we doing? Hello, Enzo. Hello, everyone. Yes, fine, fine. Everything's uh, kind of uh, in, uh, in, in my household is, is generally fine. I mean, the world is still a terrifying place. We're going to talk about bicycles for the next uh, half hour, 40 minutes, and, uh, you know, just kind of try and take our minds off how terrible everything actually really is. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, we're going to do our best. And, um, I mean, it's going to be a tough one. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, the, the amount of cycling that, that I've done tantamount to, to zero miles <laughs> on the road. However, I have managed to, uh, I think I spoke about it last time, um, that I've set up the the turbo trainer indoors, but I've I've kind of in the uh, in the um, in the interest of science, I did purchase a speed and cadence sensor, which I attached to the bike. And I'll tell you what, before I tell everyone what happens, I'll save that for a bit later on. Yes, but um, but yeah, mate, that's that's the long and the short of it in terms of my bike riding over the last couple of weeks. I have kind of promised myself that during these uncertain times, I'm actually not going to go on the road, but I completely respect those that still want to go out a little bit and do an hour, as is the advice by the NHS and, and other kind of cleverer people than me, you know, in, in, in terms of exercise and just getting out of the house. People can do that, and that's great as long as they, like I say, don't get too close to each other. Um, but I've kind of, you know, I kind of said it from day one, I'm not going to go out. I'm going to just ride indoors because I have that facility. Uh-huh. I'm kind of <laughs> regretting it in a, little, in a kind of tiny in a tiny way because I'm getting a little bit of cabin fever. But I, I'm going to, you know, stick to me guns, mate. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give in. <laughs> well, not, not just yet anyway. So, so yes, yeah, so I've been doing, doing that, mate. I've also been working from home. We have the facility to do that. I know a lot of people uh, are in a sort of unfortunate situation where they can't do that. So my week has been quite, you know, quite busy working, working at home, laptop, doing the normal hours, uh, a little bit of cycling, which we'll go into a little bit later. But yeah, mate, that, that's really about the long and the short of it. What about yourself? Yeah, well, I've, I've been, uh, I mean, I have been, I think I've kind of I've, I've started a new hobby, a practice, I don't know, but I, I've been, I have been uh, riding my uh, mountain bike, but uh, that's really just been in the garden. I'm not a man with the largest of gardens, but it, 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 it's okay, a size of a garden. I mean, I'm not, trust me, I'm not going to get any heavy miles in in my garden. But <laughs> one thing that I have been doing and I've kind of got a little bit addicted to is I, um, I kind of, I, I kind of went out and uh, kind of gave it a sort of a bit of a secondary clean after, after cleaning it before and, you know, kind of uh, just kind of. Which bike, mate? Which oh, bike this is um, on my, uh, on my 29er. I've got a, a, a giant um, Talon 29er hardtail mountain bike. And I just kind of, I gave the, the chain a little bit of a lube up because it was a bit dry after I'd washed it that time before. And I just kind of um, rolled off kind of from in front of my shed and just kind of rode it about and thought, ah, you know, just uh, practice a little bit of balancing here. You know, I used to be pretty good at this sort of thing and, you know, I wasn't overly great, but I've just kind of practiced and practiced and practiced. I've taken my SPDs off and I've put some flat pedals on. And I've just been practicing doing track stands and just like not moving and trying to ride it as slowly as I possibly can. And I've, the weird thing is I've kind of got a little bit addicted to it. And I'm, I must be said, I'm not bad. I'm really not bad. <laughs> for, for someone as kind of gangly and 
kind of weird looking uh, as me, who, you know, normally kind of, you know, kind of uh, is a little like a baby giraffe on, a, on, a, on an ice skating rink uh, with my kind of gangly clumsiness. To, to be able to kind of just sort of like balance for kind of quite a long time at almost a standstill, I'm quite pleased with myself. Now, mate, I've seen people do this at kind of traffic lights where they, they don't want to clip yeah. out of the pedals. <laughs> but I'm, I'm so kind of scared that I'm going to fall over. I have never attempted that. As soon as I come to a stop, I flick out the ankle and the foot comes down. <laughs> and I am well happy to have uh, at least one foot on the old terra firma keeping me uh, upright. But yeah, you get these you get these people who are proper good at kind of just balancing there with the traffic lights, waiting for them to change from red to green, and they're pretty good at it. So so I mean is this is, is this what you're gonna be doing from now I, on? I, I don't know, I think it might be. I mean I've got I mean I do have I do have a little bit of history. I uh, my my dad was a was a, a trials rider, a motorcycle trials rider and uh, I kind of um, did a few uh, motorcycle trials when I was a kid, uh, but I, uh, and so, yeah, it's just kind of like kind of riding around on my sort of BMX back in the day as a kid, kind of just sort of balancing and stuff. But that it kind of, as I'm sort of out there in my garden, I am reminded of one of my most spectacular sporting victories of my entire life. The, in junior school, winning the slow bicycle race on sports day and not just winning it, but winning it by a country mile. It was one of these, <laughs> where everybody sort of like kind of rides off and you sort of had to sort of like stay in the little lane. And I remember it like it was yesterday, stay in the little lane and kind of get to the end of the 100 metres or whatever it was, kind of uh, as, as slowly as you possibly can. And all the kids kind of like rode off as slow as they could and wobbled and put their feet down and then kind of pushed off again and again, wobbled. And I literally just put my feet up on the pedals and didn't move. And I, I'm just, I mean, I'm 46 now. That, 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 that sports day was a long time ago. However, I mean, I, I'm, it's a humble brag. I've got the skills. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm just putting it out there. Mate, it's a moment of glory and you should always, you know, keep that, keep that with <laughs> you for, 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 for the rest of your life. I mean, for me, my kind of memories of, of school sports day, not quite as glamorous. Egg and Spoon, I remember winning that. That that's probably about as as glamorous as it ever got for me on the old track and field. Uh, growing up as a kid, unfortunately, in my household, we uh, it uh, historically we have uh, we have two of these victories because <clears throat> excuse me, my my wife did exactly the same thing at her school sports day. Um, although uh, she did it not on a BMX but on a rally tomahawk. I mean, oh, rock oh. and roll right there and. She she also um, when she kind of uh, did it she she then kind of uh, uh, she said that when she got to the end she realised that she had a flat back tire, so that possibly helped with the stability. <laughs> Bit of cheating, maybe the, the the officials didn't quite notice that. Well, though. I don't. I mean, you know, some people could call it cheating. I just call that bike setup. <laughs> uh, you've got to. Um, You've got to run the right pressure for the for the for the job that you're doing, and you know if it's uh, you know if it's uh, you know like a, a real sort of uh, um, hard uh, hard packed, or you're off on your tarmac, you pump your tires up to 80 psi. If you're in the soft mud, you're dropping them right down. If you're playing a slow bicycle race, just let them <laughs> pressure out the back completely. <laughs> Superb. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. I'll tell you what. That's just kind of triggered in my head. Now you mentioned the old rally tomahawk. What bike did you have as a kid growing up, mate? I, I was I was firmly in the Rally Grifter camp. I don't know if you remember those. 
but they had the old twist grip gears. Yeah. Three three gears, and you had they had colours as well. I think <laughs> one was red, one was yellow, and one was maybe blue. You know, you just change the gears on the on the on the twist grip, and and, and away you went. Um, I, I know there was kind of a little. There was always a bit of rivalry between the kind of grifter <laughs> people and the chopper. The grifter gang. You had the grifter gang, the chopper gang, but then you had the, 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 the like I said, the, the slightly more, maybe the more serious racer kid and it, uh, a biker kid. And he had, he had a wow. racer, um, which, which was really for the kind of, you know, the real hardcore kid. So, I, you know, I wasn't anywhere near that kind of camp. But, um, yeah, I had a grifter, mate. So what about yourself? I can, rem- I can remember my first proper bicycle, which was just like a, I don't know what it was, but it was like a yellow, it was blue and yellow, and it had um, solid tyres. So it didn't have rubber, it was just like kind of solid, like kind of like a, a softy, yeah. kind of like a rubbery tyre, but still. No no punctures <laughs> No punctures for me. <laughs> um, uh, but no, my, my, and then I had sort of had like a red, oh God, I don't know what it, I think I want to call it a maverick something, um, which, which I, which I had, which was kind of like almost like a, like a chunky, it was kind of grifter-esque, I suppose. It, it was like a sort of a pre-BMX BMX, I suppose. And then when BMX happened, I got my uh, my Amoco Pro 2 BMX. That's what I got. And uh, yeah, I was there. I, I mean, literally riding all over the place all of the time on that. Uh, that did some miles. That did some miles, that thing. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was definitely BMX style. Number plate on the front, everything. See, see I never had a BMX, mate. I never... I never had the uh, the uh, the fort- the you know I was never fortunate enough to really I guess growing up I wasn't even overly bothered I like I said I had the grifter that kind of kept me going for quite a while and and then when I outgrew that I just never really bothered anymore with bikes so you know until about 35 years later uh, or, or more, more than that probably about 45 years later uh, and, and then all of a sudden yeah the uh, the, the desire came back Great times. I mean, my wife had a, had a rally chopper, uh, a chopper, and bizarrely, mate, that that a few years ago, it was it was in a in a dad's garage, and it and and I saw it there, and I said, you know, that's a ra- you know that's a chopper. She said, yeah, it was kind of a purple one with tassels and all sorts. I said, you know, that might be worth a few quid these days. She said, you think my dad was going to skip it? I said, no. Oh my no, god, no. no. So what, yeah, quiet. So what we did, we got it down. We gave it a good clean up. Um, the tires were completely perished, so I ordered some some new tires. Uh, got it, got it cleaned up, mate. I put it on eBay, and and we sold it. This is there's a little bit of a story to this. Um, we sold it for about two hundred and fifty quid to a chap. Now get this, a chap in Newcastle who was emigrating to Australia, okay. and he had three daughters. And he had two choppers for two of the daughters, and he was after one more for his third girl, so that they could all ride rally choppers over in Australia. Wow. And he, because my one was a purple one, which I guess was more akin to the sort to, to, to little little girls. And he he asked me to box it up, which I did. That was a pain and a half. <laughs> because um, uh, literally I, I was just raiding every bit of cardboard I could find to kind of piece together. It was like a patchwork quilt by the time I'd finished with it. Um, so we, we kind of covered the whole bike um, in cardboard with the sort of handlebars twisted sort of to, to lie a bit yeah. more flat. And I, um, I took it to one of the kind of big courier places 
uh, paid a few quid, and yeah, and it went to Newcastle, and then it was going to be shipped off to Australia. So yeah, that's 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 as close as I ever got to riding a rally. Uh, superb, <laughs> super. That it's still that uh, that it's still going around Australia, and the good thing is, probably hasn't even got a speck of rust on it. Even though um, I've not really been uh, riding that kind of that much, at least not riding out my garden over the last little while, I have been um, using one of my favourite bits of cycling kit that I've got. It's my it's my Lazine Hector Drive 500 XL. What well, the hell is that, Bob? You know what? I'm glad you asked. It's uh, it, it's <laughs> it's it's a very flash bit of kit. It's it, it's a front light. It's it's uh, it's kind of metal bodied. I mean, I've. I've put up with, I say I've put up with, I've had a perfectly good front light for about the last sort of four years or so, but it was just starting to kind of conk out. And I, I thought, and the way that lights have kind of got better and better over the years, I thought I'm going to kind of treat myself to something kind of good because I knew that there was a lot of good stuff on the market and went to my local bike shop and kind of spoke to them about kind of what they had and what those guys used. And it's, it's a brilliant bit of kit. It was only about 40 quid, but it's, it's, kind of it'll give you 500 lumens of light it's got eight modes that you kind of cycle all the way through you can go to like lower brightnesses for, for battery life that sort of thing it's got a usb connection thing that you basically plug it in your laptop and then it just kind of charges you up it takes about two hours two and a half hours and it'll just keep on going this thing is the size of a matchbox and it will like x-ray a rabbit from about eight paces you know so i mean i was out there uh with my uh lazine hexa drive 500 xl and what did I spot out in the garden? Yes, you guessed it, Shed Mouse. Yay! So there he was. I mean, he wasn't in the shed. Uh, he was running around by the side of the shed, kind of generally uh, hopping about in the in the bushes, just by where the uh, kind of log pile is, uh, having having a great time. And then when I was in the shed a little bit uh, later on in the week, um, found out exactly what he was doing um, because he was kind of commuting and stashing away some sunflower hearts uh in the corner of the shed so um it's good to see that he's he's still going he's still happy he was flipping about absolutely not phased that i was stood about 12 foot away from him with a very bright light not phased in the slightest there he is um it was too late to go and get the camera so as yet that still hasn't happened but it will do and he's what can i say he's he's loving life you're listening to the Just Riding About podcast, available from your favourite podcast provider. Well, mate, I'll tell you what, I, I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the pod that I've set up the old indoor trainer, indoor cycling. And on the previous pod, I said how I was using kind of those YouTube videos, CTCX training videos, which are pretty good. And you don't really need any kind of smart turbo or any sensors or anything special on your bike watch the, the the video do what the kind of screen says in terms of speed up slow down and um, it, it just kind of motivates you to pick the pace up for sort of intervals or sort of 30 40 seconds slow back down and it all, all it all kind of marries in with what you're watching so as the the video tells you to speed up then the the, the, the stuff that you're watching is also a bike going slightly faster or chasing um, another bike, that kind of stuff, and and that that's pretty good. But I thought, do you know what? Let's let's see what the fuss is about with kind of with these kind of smart smart sensors or these sensors that you can put on the bike, 
and then you could start to hook it up to all these kind of apps like Zwift and so and the you, like. are you telling me uh, that there has been a dramatic change of direction well I thought in the uh, in in you know just for, for research purposes and I'll tell you what mate there might be people out there who feel that you know they want to know what 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 difference does it make if I if I buy a sensor and and sign up to some of these um, some of these apps well I'll tell you what here at Just Riding About, we're going to tell them exactly what it's like. So you will be I'm their test. I'm going to explain exactly. I'll I'll take the hit if it's bad, <laughs> but um, but it's not going to be bad, and I'll explain why. And and what I'll do, mate, I'll also tell you how how I've set this all up, and what I can only describe as on the absolute cheap. <laughs> so forget these five hundred quid smart trainers. You don't need those. You can do it literally with a few few things that you've got lying about at home. Uh, and uh, you'll be you'll be um, you know flying up mountains and and, and down ravines uh, as, as quick as you know it. So let me but just you, explain. You don't what mean I've hooking done. the hooking your your your, your crank up to the uh, to, to to the food mixer at home, switching that on, <laughs> and then going to get a sandwich. It's not got it's not got to that. Although, mate, you know what? With all this lockdown, yeah, that's just not far yeah. That's that. that's <laughs> kind of computer doping. That might come in week four, mate, when I really do uh, start to lose it. But anyway, anyway, let, 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 let me tell you what I've done. So obviously you need some essentials. A, you need a bike. That didn't cost me anything because bike. I've got a bike. And, and I assume people listening to this podcast may well have a bike as well. And even if it's an old, I mean, the bike that I'm using indoors, it's not one of my um, standard bikes that I use when I ride on the road. It's no, my son's, it's your uh, son's hybrid, bike. which he doesn't use. And so I don't get to put any wear and tear on my bike. Outrageous. I'm happily using his. Uh, it, it is a little bit, but he doesn't mind. He's a good kid. So, I, I, and luckily we're about the same sort of height. So there's no problem there. So I've set that bike up. That hasn't cost me anything. So zero pounds spent. Second thing you need is a turbo trainer. And again, <laughs> fortunately, you gave me a turbo trainer. So, so that cost me zero pounds and zero pence. So, so far I've got a bike. And a turbo trainer, okay, and it's cost okay, me nothing. Okay, looking good. Okay, looking good. The next thing you need, you kind of need um, a sensor that you're gonna kind of cable tie to the bike. So I had a quick research on Google, and I found that on eBay you can get one for about. I thought, I thought you were going to tell me that your brother-in-law had one. That you. <laughs> oh no, oh, he okay. doesn't like cycling, so <laughs> he's no <laughs> use on any of this. None at all. So anyway, so I've had to shell out 11 quid for one of these kind of sensors, which <clears throat> I've hooked up to the bike. Um, and, and that's the first bit of money I've had to shell out. So we're 11 quid down <laughs> on the deal. However, it doesn't stop there. So the next thing you need is obviously a way of sending the information from the sensor to uh, some sort of computer or iPad or even mobile phone. Uh, and we've got an iPad, and I'd say, I'd say most people have got some kind of smart device at home, whether it's an iPad or even a mobile phone. So we've got, uh, again, one of the kids' iPads, but they don't mind. So that's cost me nothing. So now I can get the power, the speed, the cadence information sent from the bike to, you know, via Bluetooth to the, uh, to the laptop, uh, sorry, the, well, the laptop, mm -hmm. if you've got a laptop, or the iPad, <clears throat> so it can read the information. The next thing I've done, again, and it's cost me nothing, I've mirrored the iPad to the telly uh, okay. using a Fire right. Stick. And if you've got a smart telly, you probably wouldn't even need the Fire Stick. So now I can actually keep the iPad on the floor 
look at the TV, which is obviously a lot bigger screen, and it's kind of at head height as well. So I can exactly see on the, you know, on the screen what the app wants me to do. Brilliant. Okay. So that's cost me nothing. So I've only, I've only still spent 11 quid. And finally, obviously, you need an app. So, you know, there's loads of them out there. Zwift, Ruby, Sufferfest, okay. Trainer Road, hundreds of them. And the good thing is they do like a week's trial, two weeks trial, 10-day <laughs> trial for free. So the first app I tried was one called Ruvy, R-O-U-V-Y. So they got a, a week's free trial. Set it all up, brilliant. Now Ruvy's one of those where you get your, your, your little avatar, your cycle, your mm. little rider is actually on the screen. And as you pedal, he pedals. The faster you pedal, the quicker the little kind of cycle man cycles and you... And, you, you know, you can race people and that kind of stuff. Um, and the background is actual video footage. It's not computer-generated stuff. It's actual kind of actual video stuff. But, mate, I didn't like it. A, a couple of reasons. I, it, the screen is absolutely awash with information. Okay. It's, you know, th there's every bit of detail on there that you could ever want. I just, I'm not the sort of bloke who's going to spend sort of hours reading every bit of support information on how these apps work and what you can okay. do and what means what. I just wanted to start pedaling, press something and go, and this looked like so much hard work. And, and the other thing I found, mate, with these apps that try to kind of recreate that feeling of mm. being on the road, it, it doesn't work. I, I, I kind of got bored really quick. I couldn't be bothered to kind of see how fast I could go, that kind of stuff. I kind of started to lose interest after a couple of days okay. of trying Ruby. And, and in my head, I kind of said, if I'm trying to recreate being out on the road, this is going to fail miserably and I'm going to get bored really quick. Uh, and that kind of, you know, that kind of came true. Okay. So what I did, so I knocked Ruby on the head. Um, I'm sure for other people, mate, it's a brilliant app. But for me, it, it just didn't work. However... I signed up to a second free trial app, and this one's called okay. Sufferfest. Now, Sufferfest is completely different. It's more, it really is more of a training right. regime app. So rather than you kind of having a little avatar on the screen and you see a little man cycling and you kind of, you know, going round and up and down kind of hills and, and riding around on all these kind of... Um, you know real roads and real mm. uh places um although it does that as well but but this is more of a kind of training kind of what a coach might tell you to do so you've got loads of little kind of routines that sort of range from 10 minutes to sort of an hour and a half two hours but they're specific training exercises whereby it will tell you what speed and cadence and power to hit for how long and then you get little recovery moments. And then it'll, again, it'll ramp it up. So what you're doing, rather than looking at a little man mm -hmm. kind of cycling on the screen, you're trying to hit these numbers for the amount of time that the, the exercise is telling you to do it. And it's all geared to either helping you climb, helping you get faster, helping okay. your endurance. So all these kind of exercises are, are specific for, for what you want to get out of it. So if you want to if you want to just be a bit better at sprinting, then there's a load of kind of, you know, 30 minute, 45 minute exercises that are specifically aimed at improving your, your, your sprinting. Again, sprinting, climbing, endurance, power, uh, all that kind of stuff are all there. And for me, it kind of worked a lot better because it wasn't trying to pretend to make me be out on the road and, and be a replacement for that. It was literally 
a exercise routine like you might go to your kind of crossfit mm. session at the gym or your weight training session or your uh, you know pilates or something like that it's it's if you get it in your head that you're going to do 45 minutes of mm. intensive bike work and it's got nothing to do with riding on the road then this is kind of the app for you and i think for me mate it it really is i'm, I'm actually enjoying it so i've got kind of in my head gets to about half four five just before the missus starts to get a, a bit of the old evening dinner mm. ready because we eat quite early so i'll get about 45 minutes done and i'll pick what sort of thing i want to do on that on this particular day so it might be a uh, a kind of a, a sprint routine i mean a lot of these things mate they've got kind of specific scientific words that i can't quite fathom. <laughs> um, but, but all i know is that at the end of it after 45 minutes my t-shirt is pretty soaking wet with sweat i've had a decent workout i can upload it to strava so i can show off a little bit to everyone else I've, i don't feel that i've tried to pretend that it's anything other than you know, a way of trying to keep myself fit, especially in these kind of uh, times where you can't go out so much. So for me at the moment, mate, I'm going to persevere with Sufferfest because it's working quite well. It's costing me nothing other than this 11 quid cheapo speed and uh, cadence sensor. You know, if people want to go down that road, uh, that road and try something on their non-smart trainer, but want to just give it that little bit more smartness, then, you know, get yourself a cheap sensor. I got mine off eBay, mate. Uh, sign up to these apps if you can mirror it on a big tv that makes it so much better because you're kind of looking up rather than looking down at a phone or or an ipad and i I thought mate it really worked well i I would i'm I'm glad i did it and it really is helping me get through these kind of slightly tricky times where we're not allowed out so much i i just have one question which is which is uh are you going to be purchasing some of this uh raffa clothing that you can buy specially for riding indoors in <laughs> what you mean those kind of tops that are about 180 well, quid you know, I, mean, um, uh, I mean i no, saw the right. jersey was 60 which by raffa standards is kind of giveaway <laughs> but uh yeah no you can buy you can buy a special uh, a special jersey to wear inside well, oh mean, my gosh that's it's, mental it's, it's, absolutely I've got, mental. I've, I've got some I've special got a... clothing for wearing inside they're called my pajamas it's mate it, it's crazy how these kind of marketing people will literally jump on any kind of anything that they can they can say oh no this clothing is specific for indoor training See, you, well, you wouldn't want to wear this okay. outside. I mean, you've got to say bandwagon then but it's not even a bandwagon what it is is a, is a computerized <laughs> picture of a bandwagon going down a down a, a road it's not even a real bandwagon if it makes them sell a few jerseys and it and it keeps the uh keeps the old economy buoyant <laughs> then i i'm all for it however um i'm trying to do this on the absolute maximum cheapness so uh it, yeah. If I'm going to answer your question, mate, <laughs> no, Rafa will be keeping this stuff. Um, well, I'm kind of keeping the subject on my pajamas. Uh, I've been doing something which is not, which has kind of got something to do with with cycling, but kind of certainly kind of staying indoors anyway. Um, but o- over the over the last kind of week, both me and my good lady wife have been doing some yoga. We started doing a little bit of yoga, which. It's something at the age of 46 I've never really done before. Uh, but, you know, I mean, YouTube, as as you know, as we were talking about last week, 
Um, YouTube is a brilliant thing and you can go on YouTube and learn kind of basically how to do anything. I found a, a, a very handy channel called uh, Yoga with Adrienne and uh, there is stacks of stuff on there to be done. But we just did like the sort of basic kind of beginners thing, beginners tutorial. And we've done that kind of over and over. Now, the first I'm I'm a 46 year old man, as you know, I'm an ex motocross rider, as you know, and I've got various kind of tweaks and kind of things that are not quite right about me from which has been caused by jumping off motorbikes at various times in my life i've got a wrist that doesn't really doesn't really kind of straighten as far back as the other one does i've got two knees that can be a little bit troublesome i've got a hip that doesn't really want to kind of uh, straighten properly but i did I, oh man I, I mean don't get me started i've got a shoulder as well that doesn't it, uh, i didn't even talk about it tends not as much <laughs> anyway I'm, I'm losing the point i uh, we started off doing the, the the first little session and matt we were both like ah you know oh god this really hurt how is that supposed to how am i supposed to do it? and they were only sort of basic things you know but at the same time it was like oh god my leg really hurts when i put it down like that and it was like that first one was quite horrible and it was like well it's really it was like you were almost being put in sort of stress positions you know it was just nasty but then we tried the same lesson the next day and the difference in my flexibility was madness was incredible i can just i i am so bendy now after like kind of six days of doing the same thing over and over I can't tell you. And the weird thing is that, you know, you sort of, it, uh, people are sort of saying, oh, you want to do some yoga for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even when I had sort of like, you know, kind of actual physical problems. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, fine, yeah. I never did it. And it's only like now that I've done it, it's like, wow. The, 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 the difference is crazy. So I'm going to, I am literally stuck with this. I'm going to be doing this from this point onwards. Yoga is my thing now. Mate, the, the funny thing, I remember growing up and, Yoga seemed to be the the kind of thing that ladies in leotards who were a little bit kind of, you know, friend of the earth type people would do. And it was kind of really f for them. But now yoga and things like Pilates, all this kind of stretching and kind of relaxation stuff is a big thing, I think, in sports, in most sports now. It's, it's used as part of the, the, you know, the training regime. There's probably not many top-level sportsmen that don't partake in yoga or or something like Pilates, which is kind of similar-ish. Um, so, mate, no, fantastic, mate. Do, do you think I, I, it's going to help I think, cycling? I think it's got to. Um, I think just kind of just general sort of. I mean, when you kind of start to get into it, there's kind of like kind of uh, core strengthening and all that sort of thing. But as well as that, just being more flexible, just being being able to get kind of more comfortable on the bike, mm. and staying more comfortable on the bike for a long period of time. I've now I'm sort of basically kind of like. I'm, this is like five days. I am like kind of hands on flat on the ground with my knees ever so slightly bent. Now, I've not been able to sort of physically kind of like bend up like straight over and touch my, my toes for a long time. I get sort of like beyond my knees, halfway down my shins. That's basically where I'm going. Otherwise, I'm, I'm kind of like down on my haunches to do my leg. Now I can I can bend straight over and get my hands flat on the floor in front of me. Just sort of a week's worth of of watching it on YouTube. 100 It's made a difference. 100 percent I'm I'm all over it. I am I am now Brilliant. a man that does yoga. That's my thing. 
Right then, Bob, I think we've come to the point in the pod that we we uh, we commonly call now. Now, let me just stop you there corner. before we get into this week's, this week's uh, recommendations corner. I'm going to give you a, uh, a, a cycling sport update. Now, it was, uh, oh, okay. it's, it's been kind of quite a good couple of weeks for uh, Hawkstonia Velo. We uh, we travelled to, uh, to to Russia for the uh, Antropovo GP. Tam Chambers there, from out of nowhere, finished second, which I really wasn't expecting. He managed to get away in a breakaway, and so it, it just came out of nowhere, second place. Whoa, 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 Bob. What the hell? Are you, so you've got Hawkstonia Velo. what I'm talking about right now, then to check back to last uh, our last episode, and especially the recommendations corner to know what it is that I'm talking about, because if they're not all on online cycling simulator yet, then I really don't know what they're doing. This week's recommendations <laughs> corner. Enzo, what have you got for us? Well, um, I'll tell you what, Bob. I... Obviously, we've got quite a bit of time on our hands at the moment, so I'm I'm lucky that I've got a, a, a bit of bit of Netflix on the telly, and I was kind of flicking through. I, I don't watch a lot of TV, mate. I, I kind of I've been watching less and less TV as the years go on, um, especially the old terrestrial TV. That just doesn't seem to be anything that really interests me. So one documentary that I watched the first time around when they did the first series was the um, Sunderland Till I Die documentary where they followed Sunderland Football Club as it got relegated, I think, from the championship to League One. And it was really interesting to see what goes on behind the scenes of what you assume is a very professional outfit, (laughs) but in actual reality is just a right old mess of a load of people trying to run a multi-million pound business in quite possibly the worst <laughs> possible way. So it's it, it's really interesting to see what goes on behind the scenes at Football Club, um, how transfer dealings are done. It literally is people <laughs> just ringing up on a mobile phone saying, do you want to sell me so-and-so? And this is, um, I mean, you know, you, you kind of, you're kind of really shocked to see how archaic and how basic it is, but but there you go. So they've done a new a new uh, season, a new series of Sunderland Till I Die, and I kind of binge watched. I think it's about six or seven episodes. I can't quite remember. And again, really good. Uh, I, I definitely recommend if you're into kind of sporting documentaries. If you haven't seen the first one, watch that. If you have, there is a second one already out. And if you haven't watched it, then yeah, definitely spend a bit of time. Uh, and watch that. Now, I stumbled across something else, mate. So there, there mm-hmm. I am. I've watched Sunderland Till I Die, kind of thinking, oh, is there any other sporting documentaries that might interest me? And there was a few, there's a lot of American stuff that I'm not that, you know, basketball and American football. I'm not overly interested in that. But what did I stumble upon? But a kind of cycling documentary with, I saw the kind of the little kind of advert, the picture, and it had the, the mm. movie star team from, from last year. And I kind of clicked it um, on the on the on the link, and it's a documentary that followed the Movistar team last year. And it's called "The Least yeah, no. Expected Day." <laughs> Bit of a strange title, but anyway, I, I I clicked on the first episode. It's all in Spanish, so it's pretty decent for our Spanish-speaking listeners. But for the rest of us, we'll we'll need subtitles. And I was pleasantly surprised that it's following. The, the kind of Spanish cycling team throughout all of last season. So for all the classics, um, I'd watched up to the, the Giro as well, what happened there. And it's 
brilliant to see what goes on again behind the scenes a bit like Sunderland till I die uh, you know how how the teams are run, how the cyclists are kind of prepared, the kind of little bit of infighting <laughs> that goes on, which is always interesting and a bit dramatic, and the kind of race directors that follow in the cars and how how crazy and how excitable they get, and you know there's plenty of swearing and shouting at, and screaming at the riders <laughs> to pedal harder. I, mate, pleasantly surprised if people have the opportunity to 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 look at that. It's not something that they're going to find easy. I think maybe because it's in a, it's in Spanish. It's not overly promoted in the obvious areas of next Netflix. But by all means, um, the least, the least expected day. If you like cycling, which I'm assuming you may well do, if you're listening to us now, um, and and you like sort of cycle racing, then have a look at that and and see what goes on behind the scenes. So there you go, mate. That's from me. A couple of. Netflix sporting documentaries, Sunderland Till I Die, and the least unexpected. Sorry, the least expected. Day. Day. That was it. Yeah, like it's uh, the uh, the. I mean, that's the, the, the. It would be. I'm sure it's going to be interesting to to follow a, a team like kind of Movie Style that have like uh, uh, like Nairo Quintana, Mikel Landa, and Alejandro Valverde, as well as riders like Mark Soler, who are kind of like, like sort of you know kind of less of a less of a team, more of a a, a collection of cyclists. Yeah, mate, and that and that comes across in the, in the documentary. <laughs> don't don't you um, worry. I mean, I've uh, I mean, moving on and, and um, the old recommendations corner there. I've got something just uh, kind of um, simple, but it's letting me um, a, a CD. I'm taking this right back to episode one, where the last time we talked about CDs. This is a band that have been around for a long time, but they've just kind of passed me by for some reason, and I'm not too sure why. A band called Bombay Bicycle Club, and uh, I was aware of them for for many years and heard you know kind of odd little bits of stuff on the radio the uh their their new album that they've had a couple of years away from recording and they've got a new album that came out at the beginning of the year called kind of just kind of quite um correct for these sort of times everything else has gone wrong it's uh I, I heard wow. a kind of couple of singles from it which is the single called everything else has gone wrong and also a single called nothing but you and I heard them kind of pretty much sort of different places on, on, on the same day. And it was just like, wow, this, this is, this is superb. And like both the, both the songs are great. Got the album and the, 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 the album from beginning to end is just superb. And I've absolutely played it to death over and over and over and over, but it just doesn't get old. It's brilliant. Go and get it. I nearly said go out and buy it. Don't go out and buy it. Stay in and download it for, because you can do that these days. You can download stuff. You can that. Do you remember when you used to go out and buy things? So, yes. so, mate, so Bombay Cycling Club, I mean, who who do you need to kind of like? Oh, I mean, I, I, I can't really kind of put them kind of near... Near to anyone else? That that what a what a good question. I don't know. I don't I know. Throw you? I've 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 phased that, you. I don't know. It's, so, give it's, me a it's nearly ten o'clock, man. I'm not, I'm sleepy. <laughs> I, do you know what, mate? I only said it just to help the old listeners there, because you know some of them might be into Michael Bublé, or they might be into uh, you know Iron Maiden. Now, and I'm thinking, well, you know, now, you've got three two now, the spectrum there. Now, so so where does the old Bombay just, just bicycle club sit? I mean, we are talking about it has <laughs> arrived in the just riding about recommendations corner. That you know the sort of gravitas that that holds. What I would say is is that the people they don't <laughs> need to know what it's like, or whether they like Michael Bublé <laughs> or Napalm Death or whatever else they might be into. 
what what it's reached the, it's reached the corner it's in the corner they just need to go out and that's buy good it. enough that's all i'm saying <laughs> or don't go out and buy it stay in and download it well mate i'll tell you what what i am gonna also ask people to do is perhaps subscribe and like our podcast when we do a new one you get a little alert the horror of going around and not knowing that we've done a new episode and it's landed there waiting for you to listen to so so yeah people if you if you like us if you you know quite enjoy half an hour of uh, you know talking nonsense and there might be a little bit of a little bit of gold in there every now and again then yeah just hit the old subscribe button on your on your favorite podcast app and you'll know every time there's a new a new episode out for you to to listen and download. So, Bob, mate, I think that's that's the that's the end of it for for this one. I think it's time to uh, to, to to roll down the shutters on episode seven. Bye bye. No, we're, we're professionals, mate. We've done this. We can do this with our eyes shut.